Y'all, I want to thank, th Richard, thank you so much, and, and, and Session, thank you so much for having me. And, and may I call y'all friends? Friends, thank you all so much for allowing me to be here today. It is really a joy for me to be here to share with you. And, you know, I, I've got two really, really um, simple goals today. Um, I, I want to talk, I want to share with you two, if you go away with these two things, seeing how absolutely wonderful Jesus is as your Savior, as your God, one, and also that you would see and have a heart maybe that you haven't ever known to pray for the country of Japan, because you know Jesus created the entire world, right? Not just America, not just South America, not just Ukraine, but the entire world. And Japan really has been, as you'll find out, a very forgotten country. Uh, for hundreds of years, the church, um, England and Europe, have been sending missionaries to China and to India and to Africa, even to South America. But Japan was closed off not only to the gospel, but before World War II, it was closed off to everything modern. They, they were a samurai country. They didn't want anything in their country at all. So it was very, very closed off. That's why Japan, as you're going to find out more, is the least reached country in the world. Only a quarter of 1% Christians. That means nothing to you, a quarter of numbers. So I like to describe it like this. Think of a grizzly bear, okay? And then think of a gnat on a grizzly bear. That's how small Christianity is in Japan. You cannot, it's that small. One missionary for every 56,000 people. I think we've got, this is the little picture, okay? I was up on a tall building in Tokyo. And that is just one slice of a pie, maybe one sixteenth, okay? Okay, I looked it up. Tokyo is 5,000 square miles, okay? You think that's a lot? Orlando metropolitan is 4,000 square miles, Okay? In, in the same size of the size of, the, of Orlando Metropolitan, there are 37 million people, twice the population of the state of Florida in this one country, okay? Just to set you all up. Now, I want to bring you to something even more important in Tokyo, God's Word. Um, I don't know how you all do it here. Uh, if you'd like to open your Bibles, you can, but I'm just going to read one verse, and I think you will be able to catch it pretty quickly. It's from Luke chapter 19, verse 10. Luke chapter 19, verse 10. While you start, I'm going to pray for us real quick, okay? Lord Jesus, would you lift yourself up, show us who you are, and would you bring salvations to the end of the world? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, Luke chapter 19 and verse 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Well, that was short. But think of what that, think of that. But the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. I see in your bulletins that you have a place to write down notes. If you'd like to, I'm just going to tell you the points of the sermon. First is this. Jesus is the first missionary. That's the first point, okay? Secondly, how did Fred become a missionary? Second point. Third point, what is your response to all these things about Jesus coming? How can you participate in missions? And then fourthly, what is the future prize of all this activity of Jesus coming to seek and to save the lost? 
Okay, first of all, Jesus, did you know that Jesus is the first missionary? You think about missionaries, okay? Missionaries are people that go to other cultures. I mean, I remember when I first went to Japan. I mean, I was 28 years old, didn't know a lick of Japanese, okay? To me, it smelled, because I'm not used to all these fishy smells and all this stuff. I'm a a Florida boy, okay? It was so different. And, I mean, there would be months at a time that I didn't see anybody that looked like me at all. I didn't speak the language. I had to go to language school, study seven hours a day for two years to try to learn Japanese. So you, that, that's what missionaries do. Some, I mean, that was easy. In fact, I chose. I'm like, when I decided to be a missionary, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to the jungles of South America. I'm used to growing up. I'm, I'm from West Palm Beach, okay? So, so, but there's other missionaries that literally go into the jungles of South America, and they have um, parachutes dropped in for food. But Jesus, you know, he was the first missionary, and the first missions committee, your church has a missions committee. They're a committee that gathers together and decides where, 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 where they're going to send the money that you give to reach the world, okay? The first missions committee was the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they looked down on us, and Jesus said, when they said, you know, we got to, these people, they've, they've fallen away from us, they've, they, they, they did exactly what we told them not to do, now the world's broken, but God still had mercy and such a heart of love that he wanted to help and save us, and Jesus raised his hand and said, I'll go down and be a missionary. But what did that mean for Jesus? The first mission of Jesus, Son of Man, came to seek and to save the lost. What did that mean? You guys are having the nativity set up out here right now. What did that mean? That meant that Jesus left the security, the comfort, the prestige of heaven, a real place. This is not clouds and stuff. The archangels, everything up there, okay? The fellowship with his father. He left that to be born in a stinky manger, Okay? to grow up and skin his knees. Think about this. When he was born, the, there was, the wise men came, told Herod that this Messiah was coming, that this missionary was going to come. And what did he do? He had to run to Egypt for his first two years. I was wondering, do you have Egypt out there? <laughs> that part of it. He had to run off to Egypt and, and flee for two years. And then he grew up, and he grew up, and he, and he had to go to school. And he was probably teased. We know that some of his friends tried to throw him off a cliff. His mom and dad thought he was crazy. But that's what it is for him to become the first missionary. He went through all of that and more for us, so much more you know what it is, that he lived a perfect life for our imperfect lives, not just so that he could be acquainted with our griefs, which he is, not just so that he can be acquainted with our loneliness, that he is if you have loneliness. Not just so that he could be acquainted with what it feels like to be misunderstood because he was. Feeling pain because he probably hit his finger with a hammer when Joseph was teaching him how to be a carpenter. He did all those things. He knows those things. But more than that, he came with the purpose. The Son of Man came to seek and to save. So how in the world did he save the loss? Well, I think you know how he saved the loss. He went to a cross. And I'm going to talk a little bit more on that, more about that later. But he went to a cross to die the guiltless one for the guilty Fred Reed. His life for my life. He took my sin upon him and gave his perfectness 
for me. So he came to do that, not just for me, but for the entire world. Now, um, I want you to know that when Jesus came, and each one of you, I've, I've just, just the things I've heard about what y'all are doing, starting a sister church, you know, when Jesus comes to somebody like you and me, it changes our hearts, and we want to do something also, don't we? Naturally, we wouldn't want to do that. I mean, naturally, Fred Reed is selfish. There's no Reed I'd, way I'd be in Japan. This is, I think, 32 years now. Can you believe that? I've lived in Japan longer than I've lived in America. But God changes people's lives. And um, so why did I become a missionary? I want to tell you that story. But in order to tell you that story, let me back up about a year earlier from now. Just last October, my wife, Sheila, and I, I think that's going to come up in, in just a second. My wife, this is Sheila. This is us having a little date lunch in our favorite sushi shop. I'm holding up right there a piece of the best tuna you can buy, Okay. My brother sent me a little birthday present, and we were able to go out for lunch, and that's my wife, Sheila, and we're having sushi. But about a year ago in October, we came back to America. We're missionaries, okay? And in our group of missionaries, being missionaries, there's no foundation or fund that supports us, okay? Every missionary has to go out to churches like I'm doing today, talk about what we're doing, talk about Japan, and kind people like you all in your church, they give us the funds so that we can live and do our ministry in Japan. That's how it is. So we, we were coming back to America last October. We had packed up our apartment in Japan, put our stuff in storage. We were staying at a hotel room. And I'm going to talk about Toshi next. And this thing fell out. I'm not used to this. But we're going to talk about Toshi next, the next picture up there. But we were at this hotel getting ready to fly to America the next day. And it's about 6 o'clock in the morning. And I go down to get some coffee, okay? And there's a bench outside, and on this bench, there's this kid. I don't know how old the kid is, okay? Because Japanese look younger sometimes than they are. But he was in his late teens or some, somewhere around in there. But the strange thing that caught my eye is he was sitting there by himself drinking a beer at 6 o'clock in the morning, okay? And it shouldn't have been strange because when I saw him, it reminded me of myself, Freddie, okay? I told you, I'm from South Florida. I grew up in West Palm Beach. All of my children now are in Orlando, and I have five grandchildren there. But I saw Toshi, and when I saw Toshi sitting there on that bench, all by himself in his loneliness at 6 o'clock in the morning chugging that beer, I said, well, I'm going to go over and say hi to him. So I went over and said, ohayou gozaimasu. Okay, that's the easiest word in Japanese. That's good morning. It's a name, we have a state named Ohio, right? Can you all say Ohio? Ohio. Good thing it wasn't Mississippi. But okay, <laughs> but it's Ohio. So I said Ohio. You know what Toshi did? Totally ignored me. The good thing is, okay, I've been in Japan long enough where there's no Christians. Literally, I will not see another person look like me for months at a time. I don't even speak English most of the time. Okay, so I'm used to being ignored because he totally ignored me. Okay, I'm very used to being ignored. And Toshi ignored me, so I said, you know what, I just prayed in my heart, Lord, please open his heart up. I sat next to him, and I just started speaking to him in Japanese, telling him about me. I told him about a little boy named Freddie. That's me. I said, I said Toshi, I didn't know his name at that time. I said, nah, Kimi, boku ga ne, Amerika no minami no floride kara kitan desu yo. Yoku, asu no toki, boku mo 
I said, I'm from South Florida, and I'd find myself drinking um, beer or whiskey, too, at 6 o'clock in the morning. In fact, if I had a little bit more money, I, kept on, I went on to tell him, I'd probably be doing some cocaine at the same time. Okay? That's what I told him. Then he looked at me, kept on drinking his beer. And I said, and, and by the time I was 15 years old, my mom kicked me out of the house, and I started living on the, on the streets homeless for four years. At that time, for the first time, he looked at me and acknowledged my presence. And he said, He said, when I was 15, I also dropped out of high school. He said, tell me the story. So I continued to tell him the story of Freddie, living on the streets at 15 years old, four years on those streets, on boxes, on couches, wherever, trying to fill that emptiness in my heart. Anybody ever felt an emptiness in their heart? I did. Okay, I had a deep emptiness, a lot of confusion, and I tried to fill it with everything. I just wanted to forget it. I didn't want to feel. Even as Christians now, even today still, even as a Christian, sometimes I don't want to feel, and I want to numb it with. Not, I don't use cocaine now, but I can sure use maybe success or YouTube or, or Netflix, or just something to avoid the pain instead of going to Jesus. But then I was using this drug. And I told Toshi that. And I said, by the time I was 19, Toshi, they don't have drug programs in Japan. So I told him I went to a hospital that I did. Okay, I went to a drug program. Volunteered, went into this drug program. I said, I went to this drug program, Toshi. And I said, I could not go to sleep for the two first two nights. He said, why? I said, because I was using drugs. And like, he had never used drugs. Like, I'm coming off this stuff. And I've never read a book in my life. But I, there was a... There was a little dresser next to me, and I opened a drawer, and guess what was in it? What do you think? You, got, you, you know what? I was at First Presbyterian Church, Jackson, Mississippi, last week, talking to first, second, third, and fourth graders, and every one of them, a Bible. They all knew it right away. Exactly. There was a Bible. I had never read a book in my life, but I opened this book up, and I did it not to read the Bible. I was hoping it would help me go to sleep, Okay. But I just happened, by luck, no, we don't believe in that, okay, God, this God right here, Jesus came to seek and to save the lost like Freddie, okay? That day, I wasn't looking for him. I opened to the book of Mark. Do you know the book of Mark is the easiest gospel in the entire Bible, the easiest language? And I started reading that, and I read about this Jesus meeting this guy with demons, and Jesus cast the demons out of him. And I'm like, I've got these demons. Can you cast them out of me? And I'm telling Toshi this. He's like looking at like. And I said, and then I read Toshi, and there's a girl sick, and he heals her. And I said, I kept on reading to the end, and they put this Jesus on a cross. You've seen crosses on people's necks, right, Toshi? Yeah. Well, they put they nailed nails in his hand and killed him. And he said, why'd they do that? I said, I don't know. That's what I was asking when I was reading it. Because he didn't do anything. Now I know Toshi. He said, why? I said, Toshi, I did a lot of bad things while I was on those streets. And I did a lot of things that were sinful. And that Jesus, every nail he took is a nail that I'll never have to take, Toshi. And he died a death so I never have to die. And Jesus went to hell so I don't have to go to hell. And I told Toshi all this. And I couldn't give him a Gideon Bible. But the cool thing is, is he had a phone, he did have a phone, and now I can give him an app with a Japanese Bible on it. Yeah, I shared the gospel with him. The first Christian he ever met in his life. But at the end, 
of the story. I looked at him, and this is Toshi here, okay? This is his arm. I'll tell you about this. I said, Toshi, but I got to ask you, man, you said you dropped out of school also when you were 15 years old. May I ask you why? I get shaken up just thinking about it. May I ask you why? And he looked at me, and he said, Fred, when I was 15, I was going home from school, you know, walking home after school, and I opened the door, and I found both my parents dead. They had committed suicide. I know, I'm about, and, and I, just, I just took him in my arms. Okay, I don't think he'd ever been hugged. I, Japanese dads don't hug their kids. Nobody, nobody hug. He's living with aunts and uncles on the streets all over the place. I just hugged him, and I just started crying, and he did. And I mean, I get to hug this kid, okay? I'm leaving the next day to come to America because I don't have enough money to live in Japan. I want to be a missionary, but I don't have enough money. I don't have enough money to pay bills. Every few years, you've got to come back and get some more. And, 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 I'm, and, and I got to go. I'm going to the bank, this, that, and the other. This kid follows me around for about four hours like a puppy dog. I'm not kidding you. And, and he finally asked me, why are you at the hotel? I said, I'm at the hotel because tomorrow I'm going to America. And he's like, starts to freak out. Like, what? I just met you. I, and so, you see these little bracelets I have? They don't mean anything. They're just to make it look cool. Because I mostly do university ministry on the college campus, okay? I help start churches. I do church planting, college ministry. So I had one of these bracelets. I, give, uh, I say, Toshi, I want you to take this bracelet. And he took it. And about four hours later, he sends me this selfie. He took it of his arm. And on it, in Japanese, it says, Koryo tsu aotoki skimas. Next time I see you, I'll be wearing this. He waiting for me to come back. Isn't that cool? He waiting for me to come back. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm in Central Florida, so that we can go back and be with Toshi and millions and millions of other Toshis just like that. But how did I even get there to Japan? The kid off the streets of South Florida, the kid that met um, Toshi. Well, you know, I was at a missions conference when I was in Bellhaven, where Richard and Ann went to up in Mississippi and seminary. And one day, they were preaching on the Great Commission. Now, you all in your bulletin have a, a little bit on that. All authority has been given from me. There's a little article on it. And there's the Great Commission, and um, I will turn to that, but you don't, you, don't, you don't need to bother with that. The Great Commission, where Jesus said the very last words of our king. Before he, while he was ascending, he said, all authority has been given unto me. Now go into the world. I came to seek and save the lost. He said that. I came, I was born, I grew up, I died, I rose from the dead. Now, everything that I accomplished, I give to you all, including me, to take to the entire world, because I'm going to redeem it all. I'm taking it back, okay? Satan thought he got it, it's going to be mine again. And he said, now go, okay? And so I'm at this missions conference, and the pastor's preaching on the Great Commission, going all the world, and he said, now, a lot of you guys, maybe you're, at, maybe you're in college, and maybe you're in seminary, and you're listening to these verses, and you, and you hear it, and you said, you know, you're saying to yourself, well, heck, I'm willing to do that. And the preacher said, a lot of y'all are saying, I'm willing to do that. You ever heard of Dr. Patterson? Okay. I'm willing to do that. He said, that ain't the way you're supposed to read it. A lot of y'all say you're willing to do this, go in all the world, but you're planning on staying here. So I want you to turn it around. Plan on going, but be willing to stay. I'm like, why did you say that? I couldn't get that out of my head. Plan on going, but be willing to stay? Like, how in the world do I do that? So I talked to him after that. He said, so start, 
start talking to the missionaries. And so about that time, the Presbyterian Church of Japan, there was three pastors in, in eastern Tokyo with three little churches of 60 members. They wrote a letter to our denomination, the PCA, Mission of the World, and they said, could you send us some church planners, anybody to help us, because there's no missionaries here. There's one missionary for every 56,000 people. None. Zero. They can't do it themselves. There's no Christians, no churches. And so I'm at Reform Seminary, and, and, and that letter gets to the seminary, and three couples from that seminary, and a guy named Dan Iverson who came there, my good buddy um, that I've been with for years, we formed a team to go to Japan. And that, so... Not just being willing to go, but planning on going. And that's what, um, that's what, I, that's what I did. And so we went to Japan um, to, to help these guys out, okay? We get, went to Japan to help them out. But we had to learn the, the language and everything. So we get to Japan. We study Japanese. Um, I'm going to stop here really soon. Um, we study Japanese. And after we finished studying our Japanese, we got to an area, kind of like you guys have scoped out the Sorrento area, thinking this is a good idea to do this. Well, we didn't know how to scope out an area in Japan. You know, we were going to do a demographic study where you got to pay a lot of money and they tell you where the populations are going and everything. So we went to the city hall and they said, you don't need to spend any money. Just follow a McDonald's. That's what they told us. They've already, trust me, McDonald's doesn't send a McDonald's somewhere unless they've already studied the population that there's going to be people there to buy the hamburgers. And so, and it's not built yet, they said, but it's going there. So we went and looked around there, and, that's where, and, and we found out there's going to be a community built from rice fields to about 250,000 people in just about five years. Like, that's quick, right? A lot of people. So we went there, and one day, some, we, us guys, we were, we were walking around, we're doing a prayer walk. And these ladies are walking their little Japanese dogs, and we say, we say good morning to them. Remember how you say that? Ohio. That's right. That's about our language ability, right, about that time. So we said Ohio to them, and they said, what are y'all doing here? And we said, we're Christians, okay, but what are you doing here? We came to, we, we hope to start some churches. They start laughing at us, like, oh, what do you mean? There's no Christians here. Why would you come here? There's never been a church here. They laughed at us. But let me tell you what's happened. Since that time when those women laughed at us, where there was three little churches and 60 people, now there are 20 churches, and on any given Sunday, over 1,000 believers. Isn't that amazing? That's what Jesus does. I came to seek and to save the lost. That's what Jesus does. And how can you participate in that? Okay, we don't have a lot of time. I want you to read Romans chapter 10 starting around verse 14, where it says, how can they go unless they are sent? How can they be sent unless someone gives to send them? So you can participate, not just by giving financially, but also by coming. You know, I have churches that come over all the time and help us with vacation Bible school, help us with, I mean, we've got people coming in their 70s, and Florida's a place like that, retired people that have a pension, they don't have to raise support, they'll come over and spend six months or a year or two years. We had this old, folk, old couple from, from, from Georgia named the Patents. They're, they're, we, we, and the Japanese want to learn English. Well, we, had, we charged extra so they could learn Georgian English, okay? Okay. <laughs> we had this train station called Kamatori Station. They called it Kamatori. 
<laughs> but, you know, we sent the patents. We said, you know what, this is your ministry. We set them up in a neighborhood. We want you to go for a walk two times a day when all the ladies are walking and just start greeting people. And they just, people would start greeting them and, and people would just be curious. And then we said, have a tea time in your house at three o'clock twice a week. After about three months, 20 ladies are coming to these people's house. And then I go that know Japanese. And that's how we started in churches. They just met with people who helped for us. They were like our hands and feet in the community, reaching people. So you could participate by praying, by giving, and coming to Japan. And now I'm going to finish now because we're running out of time. No, we're not? Okay. Well, I, he said I'm going to make it. I could either make him look bad by cutting this short, or I could make him look good by going for another half an hour, one or the other. <laughs> but I'm going to do this because, you know, it's just, so how can you participate? Please pray for us, Sheila and me, okay? Pray for Toshi and the millions of other Toshis. Uh, pray for Japan, really. It, I can't tell you, it, it is really hard. It's a hard place to be a missionary. Most missionaries don't make it. I, on that team, I'm, there's me and one other, I'm the longest, I'm, I don't want to say the old, patriarch, my, I don't know, on that part, I don't want to say I'm the oldest, um, but I'm, I'm still there by God's grace, very much by God's grace, and new missionaries are coming, but, but it's a really hard place, so pray for us and pray for Japan, pray that God would pour his spirit on Japan and open their hearts. It's not that the Japanese are closed to the gospel, people ask me that all the time, they're not at all. This is the truth. If we go, if I were to take, if you come over to Japan and visit me, I say, okay, today let's go to Tokyo Station. Just one station in Tokyo that everybody passes through, okay? There's over three million people that go through that station in a morning. If we were to walk through that, you and I are going to bump shoulders with people, okay? You're going to see them. You know, every single person you meet, basically, is going at this moment because there are no Christians to witness to them. There's no missionaries. They will die. This is not a guilt trip either. This is just truth. They will die not having had the opportunity to say no to Jesus, more or less yes. Now here, we have the opportunity. I mean, most people here, they've heard the gospel. That's why when I was in Mississippi, you could throw a nickel. There's a church on every corner. I said, you know, I need to go somewhere where, where, where they don't have the gospel, where they're not going to even have a chance to hear the gospel unless I go. That's Japan. Most people will die. Never ha they never met a Christian ever in their lives. Toshi never has. I, everybody I meet, usually I'm the first Christian they've ever met, and I'm the first person to ever share the gospel with them. Okay, now that can make you depressed, so I'm going to cheer you up right now, okay? okay? I want you to look at Revelations chapter 7, verse 9. What is the prize and what is the result? Now this is just, man... I absolutely love reading this. Okay, John had a vision. This is not a vision. John saw what God is going to do in the end. It's basically, it's already accomplished, okay? In one way, it's already accomplished, and in another way, we are accomplishing it right now. Okay, Revelation chapter 7, verse 4, okay? And, and I, verse 9, and I, and I say this to you. Be encouraged. Listen to this. This is so cool. So G John sees this. You are going to be here. This is what I want you to hear. Listen to me. You are going to be among this great multitude. If you are a Christian today, if you're not a Christian today, believe in Jesus Christ. Trust him. He died for you, okay? 
he can fill that emptiness like he did in my heart with you also. And you can be here also. Seven, uh, Revelation 7, 9. After this, I looked and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation and all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and the lamb clothed in white robes because they've been washed by the blood of Jesus and with palm branches in their hands and they were crying out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God and who sits on the throne and to the lamb, which is Jesus, the man that came to seek and to save the lost. Now listen to this. This is what I want you to be encouraged about. Okay, right now, Japan, very few Christians. That's going to change. It's going to be a great multitude that no one can count from every tribe, language, nation, and people. Okay, but New Hope, I want you to know this. As you begin, can I ask you, will you start praying for Sheila and me? Can I hear a yes? yes. All right, now, now I can tell you the rest of the story since you did that. So since you just said yes, and you're going to be participating in our ministry... When you're there among those multitude of people, because you're praying for us and because God is going to do something in Japan, I believe this, that while you're standing there, Richard, because you invited me here, you may have this little Japanese come up to you and tug on your shirt and you're going to look down and he's going to have a Japanese face and you're like, what do you want? And he's going to say to you, thank you. You're going to say, why? Thank you for sending Fred and Sheila. Because I wouldn't be here if you wouldn't have sent them. Thank you for praying for Fred and Sheila. Thank you for giving that they can be in Japan. I really believe that's going to happen to a lot of people. Okay? There are going to be a lot of people that you've touched in your lives, and they're going to come up and like, hey, I'm here because of you. Thank you. And that's going to happen. Isn't that great? So Jesus came to seek and to save the lost, and it actually is going to be an amazing thing what he accomplished. Look right here. There's going to be a great multitude from every tribe, language, nation, and tongue gathered around the throne, worshiping the lamb that gave his life for us.